for Delaware State of the Arts. My name is Terrence Van, and I am joined today by David Stradley and Mariah Gant of Delaware Shakespeare. I'm so excited to be able to just uh, really deep dive in on not only just Shakespeare as a subject, but in Delaware, the, the special practice that has developed. And it's a really wonderful culture. I've been able to see a performance um, of Romeo and Juliet in a, in a small setting. And it blew my mind what the actors could do just with, with no stage, no, really not even any set pieces. Uh, could you introduce yourself and kind of give me a little bit of backstory on that? Yeah, well, sure. I'm David Stradley, so I'm the producing artistic director at, at Delaware Shakespeare, and I've been, uh, this will be my 13th year uh, running the company. Uh, I've been associated with the company for for 20 of its 21 years. I started as an actor, and then I was on the board of directors, and then when our founder stepped down in 2011, um, the board asked me to step in, and it's been my uh, my great honor and, and, and pleasure to be uh, on this journey with, with Delaware Shakespeare. Um, and then Mariah is a more recent addition to to Del Shakes, and I'll, I'll let her kind of share her story, how Mariah got involved and all the magic she's been doing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, my name is Mariah Gant. Um, I originally am from outside Chicago, but I've been living in Philly for a minute um, and found out about Delaware Shakespeare. I'm a huge Shakespeare fan. So when I first moved here and I found out about Delaware Shakespeare, I you know went in for some auditions and uh this man kept emailing me and asking me to keep coming and doing <laughs> things for Delaware Shakespeare. So uh, it's been a few years now. I've been involved in many different areas of the Delaware Shakespeare realm, but currently I serve as one of the artistic squad members. And there's three of us. We basically serve to help David with a lot of the programming as well as um, helping out with some of the artistic vision of the company. So this is now, I've been doing this for about a year and a half. I'm in my second year of it and it's been really exciting, but I've also been a performer. I've been a teaching artist. I've been a director, a producer. So doing a lot of different things over here for, for Del Shakes. Oh, that is awesome to hear. And I, I, I love how you broke that down, the different kind of facets and layers, you know, um, every time I get into these conversations, when we're talking about the arts, it's just like a thousand hats to put on. And, you know, I, I, I love hearing the actor perspective uh, because it's it's just such a rich experience. It just seems like there's so much prep work and there's, you know, on, on all different stages. Um, so, you know, with that being said, could you kind of like let us know what, what is kind of the day to day when, when you have a, a, a show coming up or or just when, when you're diving into Shakespeare, you know, something that's been performed for hundreds and hundreds of years, you know, what does that look like, you know, on the preparation side? I'll team Mariah up here and say that. Um, so this summer, our, our summer festival at Rockwood Park, uh, July 21st through August 6th is going to be Macbeth. Or if you're a superstitious sort, you can say the Scottish play. Um, <laughs> and uh, Mariah is playing Macbeth uh, in, in that production. And, you know, it's interesting, a lot of times when an actor, an actor will just get cast in the role and then kind of be on their own and then start rehearsals. But because Mariah has been part of the artistic squad, she's actually had a much longer run up um, to this to this experience. So I'll kind of I'll just I'll just set Mariah for that. And you can talk about kind of what how, how your process has been as you as you've prepped for this. Sure. 
we've had a really unique year here at Delaware Shakespeare because David had a baby recently. Him and his wife had yeah. a baby. Congrats. <laughs> uh, I always say that wrong. I'm like, David had a baby, but I know that's not true. Michelle had a baby <laughs> yeah. and David was there. Um, so in that time, while David was away on paternity leave, the squad really stepped up to help work through a lot of the producing artistic director roles um, that David holds. So um, so I was hoping our director, AZ Espinoza, who we're very excited to have on our team, I did a lot of hope with AZ on the producing side of things, starting with casting, starting with thinking about a vision for the overall show. It just was kind of their cheerleader, their springboard to bounce ideas off of. And then I did some of the more administrative sides of emailing people about auditions, inviting people in for scheduling those things, um, booking our understudies for two of the roles. So it's just been definitely more lead up than the usual just you get cast, you get your script, you start memorizing your lines as, as soon as possible. It's been really interesting to be on the other side of the table as well as being involved in the production. So we've gotten to be a part of some of the production uh, meetings that we've had so far. So I got like early insight into what the costumes are going to look like, what the set director was thinking about in terms of building a space for us. And I think for me, it's been really helpful all of that has been really helpful for me and my personal prep work in bringing it to playing Macbeth. It's given me just a lot more foundation than what I feel like I, I would usually get as an actor going into a process. Mm, like a like a 360 de degree view, it sounds like, uh, being able truly, to see a, truly. a lot of angles. And, you know, to kind of like draw it back to the beginning, why Shakespeare? Let's let's for for folks. Some people aren't, you know, really familiar. You know, I went to a performing arts school, so I I, I got to kind of deep dive in, into Shakespeare a little early. Um, but his work has has you know really persisted for so many years. Why why do you think that is? That's the that's the eight million dollar question. I don't know why <laughs> I don't know why I chose that number. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the. I mean, every, every, I think artist has their, their own reason for this. Um, but for me, it's, it's what you just said. I mean, you know, the plays have, have stuck around um, for a reason. Cause we keep, we keep finding ourselves in them and different times in history and different people can find different things in these plays. Uh, you know, so we're, you know, we're doing Macbeth, which is this, you know, play about a, a, a soldier that decides to, um, you know, is kind of, tempted by by supernatural forces or uh by their own ambition to like take some uh not um you know <laughs> some not admirable ways to try to take to try to take power that's know? a good way to put um, it <laughs> you know <laughs> and you know in some way shape or form in in every decade in every culture there's that struggle for power and and people being out of power and wanting to take power and and having ambition um and and these plays are just just written in such a way that that you can everybody can find something in them if if they want to and, and what that thing they find in them has changed over the years. I mean, the people seeing this play in in 1600 England, you know, would have a much different frame of reference for for this play and and what's going on in their culture than we're having today. And so, um, you know, some plays are so some literature, some plays are so grounded in a specific time or place that you come back to them 
a hundred years later, you're like, okay, I have zero idea what's going on here. Um, Mm -hmm. But the way Shakespeare wrote these plays, yeah, even though some of the language is a little, you know, wait, wait, what does that word mean? And, you know, sometimes the political references can be grounded in a very specific thing, but you are able to find something for yourself in those. And so they're, they're still around 400 years later, because when we see them, when we work on them, as actors, we we find something new and fresh and deep in ourselves about them. Um, so that's that's kind of my answer. But I'm curious what how how Mariah because since she started with saying she loves Shakespeare. <laughs> yes. Well, I also as much as I love Shakespeare, I also love to play a bit of the devil's advocate with this question, and I love to answer it that you know, I never want people to think that they need Shakespeare. I think a lot of times in school when we're taught Shakespeare, people are like, you need Shakespeare to understand blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think when I first approached Shakespeare, I, I, I was met with a teacher who did not put it that way. You know, it was just a story. It was just kind of this everyman idea that don't let the language be so, um, make you feel so distanced from what this everyman story is, what it can do for you. Mm. And I think that that has provided me the ability to never take it so seriously, to never have that like 400 years of weight of a story weighing on me. Because every time somebody does Shakespeare play, it's going to be different. You know, it doesn't matter if you're doing the exact script as it was written you know, it, it's going to be different regardless um, based on who is directing it, where you're performing it, who are the actors in those roles. And th- that's why to me, you know, I just never want people to feel like you have to be able to prescribe to this because what it really is, is you have to be able to see the bigger story. You have to be able to bring your own humanity to connect with this. And that's that's the bigger entrance. And I feel like when I'm teaching young people about Shakespeare that's kind of what I try to bring to them is just you know bring yourself to the story and that's that's where you can start no that's that's a great answer both were were really great answers and 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 kind of are giving me a picture on you know just it from the acting perspective you know as a craft um you know because I I have similar when, when folks ask me about you know classic painters you know it's it's a similar answer you know as an artist i i tell folks you know there's a reason why these paintings are so beautiful 800 years later but you know that's not the end you know we're still we're we're still growing and we're we're still learning from um and and also to your point i i recently watched or maybe it was last year i watched um Macbeth with Denzel, uh, the 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 Cohen brothers rendition, and it was so simple and to the point, and it, and it really felt like I was watching a stage play. Um, so it it there is a richness to it. It's something. It's something about the delivery of the lines, the just the the hand motions, everything. It, it does feel very stoic. So it was it was cool to watch that and. I didn't know I would be, inter- uh, you know, I would be interviewing, uh, you know, <laughs> folks that uh, that are doing Macbeth uh, later. So that that's kind of a little Easter egg on my my um, <laughs> my side. Uh, but I want to take a minute to remind our listeners that you are tuned into News Radio fourteen fifty WILM and fourteen ten WDOV for Delaware State of the Arts. Okay, so but outside of the performances. 
I know that uh, Delaware Shakespeare does a lot from going into schools to, you know, just kind of being that arbiter of, of that stage culture um, and different kind of uh, institutions. I, I know you travel a bit. So can can you kind of tell me about uh, vision going forward? Uh, you know, the, the kind of uh, activities that that you look to provide. Yeah. So our our vision is to have Delaware be a place where people from all walks of life come together to celebrate and explore their their shared humanity through Shakespearean works. And <laughs> we, we have to, mm-hmm. to, to Shakespearean rather than just Shakespeare, where we're giving ourselves the pleasure to be like, have things that are inspired by Shakespeare or connected to Shakespeare or, um, you know, Shakespeare adjacent. Um, and, you know, the, we do those in, in two main ways. You know, the company was founded um, being a summer company. Um, and then uh, about six years ago, we added our community tour to really walk the walk of taking Shakespeare to people from all walks of life. Um, and that's a program we do in the fall. And we take a different Shakespeare play than we do in the summer out on the road throughout the whole state. Um, go into places like prisons and homeless shelters and, and community centers, um, Easter seals, uh, you know, anywhere we can get to where people may may not have easy access to professional arts or people who have uh, been, you know, felt like they may be, have been excluded historically from, you know, kind of in America, you know, traditional cultural arts, arts experiences. Um, so those are two kind of pillars of our programming. Um, and then every year we, we kind of filter into that, um, other programs that kind of serve the community in different ways, um, keep ourselves in the public eye, you know, when we're not doing our, our, our full productions. And, and those take different forms. Some year, sometimes those are collaborations. Uh, like this year, uh, we did a collaboration with Delaware Symphony Orchestra on a Stravinsky chamber piece that's also a piece of theater called The Soldier's Tale. Um, we've done, uh, Mariah produced this really fun event at Wilmington Brew Works called Shakes Beer, where we did readings of Shakespeare scenes connected to beers that, that their, their brewmaster had had chosen. And I, need, I need in on that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, It was very fun. We're hoping yeah. to do it again. So keep a lookout. <laughs> and then like last year, we, we, we explored this program we called Beyond Shakespeare, where, um, you know, we we looked at works that were, um, you know, then that whole point of that was to to engage a, a you know diverse creative perspectives in the conversation around Shakespeare plays. So we did a a, a reading of a play called A Tempest, which is by a Caribbean author named Amé Césaire. Um, we did poetry nights with um, you know local poets writing their original poetry inspired by by the works um, that we've done. So there's a whole swirl of, of, of stuff besides the, the two full productions. And I think really the vision of that, yeah, is to is to open up the Shakespeare experience to as many different kinds of people as possible. Um, and to say that, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't just have to be <laughs> Shakespeare there. You know, Shakespeare has been a launching pad over the centuries for artists to mm-hmm. explore their own perspectives um, with that. So that's uh, that's that's the kind of the the the, the not thirty second version, but you know of, of what what our programming is and how it, how it evolves and shifts each each year. No, sure. No, thank you, thank you for that. I mean, it, it it just seems like there's a lot for folks to get connected with, and you know, there's there's a lot out there to learn, and I, I just hope that people continue to stay curious about things that they're not that they haven't either seen or done before. Uh, because you you really do learn a lot. I mean, even watching a Shakespeare play, I feel like it activates your brain in some way, uh, almost like, you know, listening to bebop jazz in a way, you know, just the hearing the tones and the words, how, how I feel like every actor brings their own 
you know, something to it that, like you said, each performance is different. So it, it really has me curious. I want to, I, I want to sit in, I want to see now, you know, I'm, I'm really, uh, my, my, my mind's kind of, kind of peeking here. I love what you said about, about it being like, like bebop and jazz, because that's sometimes when we give our pre-show talk, we'll, we'll say to folks, um, Hey, don't don't worry about trying to catch the literal meaning of, of every single word you're you're going to hear. Uh, I mean, a that's not how we listen, anyways. We don't kind of sit there as a human beings trying to figure out if I can understand every word. Uh, we just let it wash over us. Um, but so much of Shakespeare's writing was yeah, it's the literal meaning, but it's also how those words sound. You know, um, the rhythm of them. Uh, so we, we sometimes will invite people just to say, hey, sit back, let it wash over you like a piece of music uh, and trust that the actors are going to do the work in the end of making it all make sense for you. But but just let yourself have the sensory experience and you'll be surprised at what what different things you're able to get to it. And if you're just sitting there going, wait, am I going to understand this? Yeah. That's, yeah. That's- it also feels so important to to maybe challenge people a little bit who think that they won't be able to connect and thus stay away from theater, live performance, stay away from Shakespeare. I I feel like whenever I tell people that I work in theater, they're always like, well, I really have been trying to get to see a play lately. You know, I'm not super involved in theater. I've been trying to get somewhere. And I think it's just so exciting to challenge people to come and see it. You know, don't let it being Shakespeare hold you away from coming to see it because just like David said, that language can wash over you and it can it can approach you in a different way than what you think typical theater would. You know, if you're somebody who really likes music, Shakespeare can be like that for you. There will be so many other insights, so many other ways for you to find your, your way into the story. Um, so I just always try to challenge people, you know, just, just come, just give it a shot. Yes, yes. It's, it's nothing wrong with stepping outside of a comfort zone. You know, there's there's nothing wrong with that. And I, I think, you know, folks, they have the they have the capacity, but it just may be foreign, you know, from time to time to get into different things. And, uh, you know, I think everyone knows that to be or not to be, uh, which I still th- I think about that all the time to be or not to be. Shakespeare was really noodling when he came up with that one. <laughs> You know, uh, but with that being said, so to connect with you, how do folks that want to learn more, they want to see a show, they they want to volunteer, they want to donate, how do they do these things and how do they connect with uh, Shakespeare Delaware further? Yeah, I'll say that the, the, the easiest way is to just jump on our, our website, which is delshakes.org, D-E-L-S-H-A-K-E-S.org. Um, you can get tickets on there for the for the summer festival. Find find ways to donate. Find links about volunteering. Um, we'll say that our our core need for volunteers is is during the the summer festival at, at Rockwood Park, which again is um, is July twenty first through through August sixth. We always need ushers and box office folks and uh, and things like that for for the festival. Um, and the one thing I do want to point out about the um, the summer festival uh, Wednesdays, so Wednesday, July twenty sixth and uh, August second are um, pay what you can nights. Um, we're always looking for ways to try to, you know, again, lower whatever barriers we can to to participation, you know. So our general mission is, is not all that expensive. General mission is, is $25. Um, but on Wednesdays, um, we have our box office set up so you can, you can pay $5, you can pay $10, you can pay $20, you can pay 50 if you want. Um, but it's all about trying to give the, these access points so that, um, that if, if, you know, $25 ticket is, a, is an obstacle, 
hopefully five dollars uh, is not. Um, so we just we want to be trying to get the word out about that because um, it's something new we're trying this year of having those those specific Wednesday nights um, out at the park for those, that that pay what you can. Yeah, and you can also follow us on Instagram at Dell Shakes. That's at D E L S H A K E S. Um, and we always have great content on there about what we've got going on, what we've got coming up next. Um, and yeah, never feel concerned about reaching out to us. You'll probably hear from one of us very, very quickly. Yes. So anyone listening, there's no, there's, there's, no, there's no barrier stopping you. You know, there, there's nothing stopping you from, you know, learning something new. And for the folks that love Shakespeare there's a wonderful company right there in Delaware, right in Wilmington, that's that's doing top-notch performances every year. I mean, we're we're very blessed. We're very blessed, and I'm very blessed to be speaking, uh, you know, with with two wonderful artists, directors, producers. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and your weekend. Delaware State of the Arts is a weekly podcast that presents interviews with arts organizations and leaders who contribute to the cultural vibrancy of communities throughout.